0: Welcome to the Venture Mentality Podcast. We're bringing you the insights and interviews from top entrepreneurs and high performers on how to reach your goals and overcome your challenges. Hosted by 18-year-old high school student and entrepreneur, Jacob O'Connor. Now, let's get right into the show. Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to the Venture Mentality Podcast, and I'm Jacob O'Connor. Today joining us, we have the retired Army Ranger, author and performance coach jeremiah Solvin. what's up jeremiah
1: what's up jacob great to have uh great to see you great to be on here
0: yeah i'm glad that we connected um i was hoping we could start out by you kind of uh giving us like a 45 second resume about yourself and what you've done to kind of bring the listeners up to who you are
1: sure um man it's kind of it's kind of tough because when you jump into entrepreneurship which is kind of what i'm doing now uh you wear a lot of different hats but you know my background I wasn't always an entrepreneur. I wasn't always in business. I, I, I built myself and, and my career in the military. So I've spent going on 15 years in the military um, and I'm transitioning out. I, I'm a former 75th Ranger Regiment officer, an infantry company commander, and I spent the early years of my military career going from enlisted to officer. So I worked my way through that, got into special operations, um, and now – What I do is performance coaching. And and when I think about my resume and performance coaching, uh, like I said, I wear a lot of different hats, but really what I do in summary is I help people win, right? Companies and individuals. I help them win and I build leaders.
0: Well, on behalf of myself and our listeners, we'd just like to thank you for your service. And I kind of like to start off by asking what made you decide to go with that path? Because not a lot of people take that route.
1: Uh, Just joining the military, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so (sighs) I think it was desperation, to be honest, at first. Um, You know, after high school, you know, my my life has been a series of of failures um, to to get to different levels of success. And uh, one of the first failures that I had was in high school. I wanted to go on and become a collegiate wrestler, and that was my big dream. And um, I found myself in a true second match. My senior year in high school, and this was like the culminating event. I said, "Hey, if I win this, I'm going to go on and fulfill my dream." And so I wrestled this guy, and I went into double overtime, and uh, and I won. It was the toughest match of my life. And and afterwards, you know, I went over and I hugged my coach, and he said, "Hey, great job, Jeremiah, but they're not taking true second this year." And uh, so all the work I'd put in in high school to get to this moment basically came down, crashing down on top of me. And I really didn't like lean on anybody to get out of that. I just kind of like, you know, buried it deep inside and drifted. Um, So what that ended up turning into was me going to college. I joined a community college with, you know, five other buddies. And one day I came home and it was 2 PM in the afternoon. Everybody was drinking and partying. And I was like, I've had, um, I'm done. And, um, you know, right after that, I joined, I joined the military. I didn't really know a whole lot about the military. I just knew that I wanted to get out of my current situation. I had seen some people that I was close with build lives that they liked. Uh, Specifically, you know, the ex-girlfriend that I had and my best friend. You know, I had seen them go through training and they came out and it looked like they were doing well. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this life. Let me just get started in something else. And when I dove in, uh, I decided to kind of I listened to everybody else. I said, Hey, what should I do? I I asked my parents. I asked my friends. That was really the first mistake I made um, joining the military because I never really took a, a look inside to figure out what I wanted to do as, as an individual, what I personally wanted to do. So I decided to become an engineer. I enlisted, I deployed right away. And then I found myself kind of in a similar situation while I was deployed, miserable, frustrated, not feeling fulfilled. And, uh, I eventually just got to the point where I said, Hey, I had enough of this and I want to pursue something that's going to challenge me that I want to do. And I decided to go back to college, finish where I started. I pursued the infantry. I made it into the infantry. And then I worked my way through ranger school and then uh, became an officer in the 75th Ranger Regiment. So that's kind of like what got me started. Um, And really, I think for the listeners, if you guys are trying to figure out, like, you know, how to get success and where do you start, the trick is go inside, right? Don't listen to everybody else. You need to go where your heart's telling you to go because as soon as you stop listening to everyone else and you start doing what you think is right, Everything's going to start unfolding in front of you because as soon as I made that shift, um, life started working for me. I got happier. I was aligned with what I like to do. I started working around people and uh, it really just put me on this trajectory that I never thought possible and I kept achieving it at higher and higher levels. And uh, I just, I say all that not to talk myself up, but to give the guys, you know, everybody listening a, a once over on what believing in yourself can do.
0: I love that. And I know the one of the things that I always try and do is give my, um, listeners, actionable things they can do. And I love how you broke that down. And unfortunately, like, I think that that's how society has kind of raised us. It's like you do what other people want you to do. You never really stop to ask yourself, well, what do I want to do? And if it seems a little bit outside the norm, then you tend to just push it away and suppress it. And you know, as you know, that can lead to a lot of issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It causes you to repress your instincts, which is the cause of most people's misery. And if you want to get to, you want to get out of misery and into mastery, you need to follow your instincts. And, you know, the younger crowd, the younger generation, though, what will happen is they'll say that they're following their instincts and they're just being emotional and irrational and immature. So it's a tough conversation to have with yourself and ask, hey, listen, is this the route that my gut's saying I need to go? Or am I just being emotional about this current situation and I'm trying to run away from something, not run towards something?
0: I think that's really important to take a look at and kind of similar to that. um, I know you're really big on mental toughness, so I was hoping you could talk on the importance of that because I think that that could also help with people deciphering between what's being irrational and what their instincts are.
1: You know, this is a great question. Um, Mental toughness is something that's needed in our society and I am big on it because I've seen how important it is. I've seen people break down because they don't have it. I've seen people almost take their lives and uh, I was just having a conversation with a guy about this specific topic, not like 20 minutes ago. And he said, you know, how do you stay focused and on course and on path when you have all these distractions coming in and really adversity coming in? And I told him, I said, you know, <clears throat> I'm not trying to preach like I know everything, but here's what's worked for me. And this is what I try to teach people and what I try to live by. And that's to prepare for the worst day in advance. You know, I had a period of my life in a, in, in a year's time, I had my, grand, my, fa- my grandfather died My brother almost died. I had a bunch of leaders that I worked with in the Rangers get wounded in combat. One guy lost an eye. I was living on my own, and you know it was one of the hardest times of my life, but the reason I was able to work through that and cope was because I prepared for the worst day in advance. So every time I go out and train, and this is why I push everything into fitness, because fitness gives you an outlet to prepare yourself for the worst day right? You can go inside that dark place in your mind. You can, you can win that battle and do it over and over and over again and ask yourself, Hey, what does the worst day to me look like? Like when everybody's gone. And so I try to do that in advance. And what that ends up happening is you get to those dark moments and you're more resilient, you're more prepared and you're more, you're more able to
0: endure. 100%. And that reminds me of what, um, David Goggins always says, David Goggins is a big fitness guy and he was, um, he was an officer too, but, uh, he always says that he's callousing his mind and he does that in the gym because what you can do in the gym is callous your mind and it will prepare you for life. Like he's not preparing for a race. He's preparing for when he gets the phone call that something terrible has happened so that he doesn't just break down he can handle it. And I think that's just completely on track with what you're saying too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when I, when I'm in there, when I'm in that world and in that space, you know, suffering makes our weakest voice the loudest. So what I try to do is get to that place. A lot of people will go work out and they'll go they'll go lift, they'll go do 3 sets of 8, 3 sets of 10 and just hang out and work out and then there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're intentional about why you're putting in the work and why you're there, it's a whole different ball game. And you're going to go to a very dark place and like I said, just like you mentioned with Goggins is you're going to callous the mind and you're going to be prepared for that moment when it's needed. You know John Wooden talked about this, man. If you don't know John Wooden, you guys should be studying cuz he's a man of greatness. He said Prepare for your best when your best is needed. He called it competitive greatness. And a a lot of people just expect that they're going to be fine throughout life. They like to live in ignorance. So every single day, I think that we're missing an opportunity if we're not attacking the weight room, attacking our routines, attacking everything intentionally for that one day that we're going to need all this uh, development, all this this preparedness.
0: Right. And with a lot of people, um, the way that I like to bring them to realize the full potential of this is I like them to ask themselves, "What would your life look like if you spent the next six months giving your absolute best in everything you did? Like, how would your life change?"
1: Yeah, I love uh, I love my my man Ben Newman, man is uh, a good friend of mine, and he said Jerry Rice. Jerry, he loves to quote Jerry Rice. He said, uh, "You know why why would anybody not give hundred percent when it's hundred percent their choice?" And it's exactly what you're talking about,
0: man. Oh, that's awesome. I was actually just thinking about that because I interviewed Ben a couple weeks ago and he actually talked about that.
1: Yeah. Phenomenal. Right. I mean, that just shows that we're on the right path with the way we're thinking, right? When we have like-minded individuals operating at a very, very high level and they're all mirroring each other coincidentally, then we know that we're on the right path for success, right? That we're doing
0: something right. Exactly. Like people always get so worried and stressed out about finding the path to success, but if you really study it, it leaves clues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so I know another thing that you're big on and that you've been able to help a lot of people with is adapting to change And I think with a lot of the younger generation specifically, they have a hard time adapting to change So if you could provide some actionable steps, maybe an anecdote about how to get there, that'd be great
1: And uh, what specific type of change are we going to talk about? What, what, what do you want to focus on?
0: Um, life-changing events that could happen something tragic or even just mental changes to go on
1: Yeah, so give me an example real quick
0: So let's say like the David Goggins um, example, you get that two o'clock phone call, someone's dead, someone that you love. Mm.
1: So you want some practical tools of how to get through something
0: like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Well, if you've done everything right up to this phone call that you're going to get, when it it does come, it's not going to phase you. It's Mm -hmm. not going to phase you as powerfully as if you're not prepared, right? What a lot of people do, they answer that call and it's this unexpected. They think that their life is going to play out and it's going to be perfect. And so when they get bad news, they become crushed and disabled. So when you're trying to deal with change, I go back to the the preparedness, right? Like every day we should be studying our craft. We should be putting in the work in the gym. We should be training not just our body, but our minds. And so for when that phone call comes, we are prepared. Um, The next piece is having having faith, right? I'm a big believer in faith and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be spiritual or, or have any religious type of beliefs, but you need to think about the big picture in life and, or at least you want to, you can choose the way you think, right? So we can choose to interpret that phone call as in the world is coming crashing down on me. Um, you know, I I need to go hide under my bed and in in the fetal position, or we can say like, listen, I need to make a testimony out of this test, right? And that's something that we can do. We can choose the way we think. And so when we're dealing with adversity, That's, that's my default is how do I want to think about this situation? And that's kind of hard to do in an emotional situation. So to lower the emotion, we have to be prepared in advance. And then when you do get that call, it's about asking yourself powerful question. You know, what, what do I want to think about this situation? Because how you think about it is a choice, right? Questions are the answer. I try to teach that to the guys that I coach. I try to live by that. If we ask the right question, we're going to get the right answer. Powerful questions generate powerful answers.
0: I love that. And I think that life really is a matter of perspective. You can look at all the adversity coming at you and you can think like, Oh, woe was me? And you can go into this ball of self pity, or you can look at it like this is a test. I am just being tested. Um, if I overcome this, then what can I, like, I could do anything, right? You just got to look at this different perspective.
1: Yeah. And, and the trick is not to wait until that phone call. Like I said, every challenge that you face on a day to day basis, you should be looking at it as a method to build your armor as a person, as a warrior, right? Like when, if you're, if you struggle with reading, reading is a great example. If you pick up a book and you start to space out and you're like, okay, I've read 10 pages. I can't think anymore. Maybe it's just the first sentence or first paragraph. And you're like, my mind is elsewhere. That's an immediate trigger to hone in your skills and start building that armor. Like, listen, I need to be able to focus because focus is a separator in society. And if I can accomplish this, then I can accomplish X, Y, and Z later, right? So channeling the focus, become a student of yourself and put yourself in a position to master your craft when it's right in front of you and doing that over and over and over again. When the phone call comes, it's already a habit.
0: I love that. Um, I was hoping that you could talk a little bit on your book, The Whole Man Project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So The Whole Man Project is also titled The Military Athlete Performance Manual. This is a, a book that I put together really because I wanted to help people out that <clears throat> were the old me, essentially. I had evolved and I'd kind of worked through some of the issues I was dealing with. And I had all this information about how to get into special operations and how to achieve at a higher level. So I felt obligated to share that with the world. And my outlet was The Whole Man Project. Um, so I created, I created that book. And inside of it, it's, it's a field manual for your, mo- your body and your mind. Um, If you go inside, the first section is about the mind, and then the second section is about the body. And then throughout the book, you tend to the soul. So the whole idea is we have to learn to think differently. Okay, so I unlock different ways to think, different tools to use, different ways to operate at a higher level. And then I teach how to train your body. And then at the back of the the book, I put together a 12-week program for you to implement and bring everything together in a 12-week program. And it's designed for the military athlete. However, anybody could use it. Civilians could use it. They could just modify the program because the content of the, the book is to become better mentally and physically. And so if you, you get caught up in the weeds, you're going to fail. But if you think about the big picture and implementing the lessons throughout the entire 12 weeks, you're going to come out a whole new for person.
0: This book really offers a bunch of great resources. And I'll make sure to link this in the description so that you guys can check it out. Um, but how can we learn how to think differently? I know you go over it in the book, but if you could talk a little bit on that now.
1: Yeah, let's, let's narrow it in again. Um, so what do we want to accomplish? Let's talk about what do we specifically want to think differently about or what do we want to be able to do? What's the goal here?
0: Um, I think today with a lot of people in society, they've got negative self images of themselves. So like, let's talk about how to get someone to love themselves.
1: Mm. Yeah. So if you're not loving yourself, it means you're probably making poor decisions. Generally, I I would I would argue that um, back and forth for hours, multiple days, if that was the case. So if you want to think differently about yourself, you got to change your decisions. And I I know this firsthand um, because there was a time in my youth, in my you know early twenties, where I wasn't making the best decisions. You know, and what happened was it caught up with me, and I was I was feeling miserable. I wasn't confident. I felt felt like this small, shy kid that I was growing up. I grew up in a small town of three hundred people. I was, uh, you know, small for my, my age going into high school and I still felt like that as a grown man, you know? So if we want to undo that, if we want to undo and, and become a confident leader, which, you know, I speak from a place of tacit knowledge, this is what I've transformed from, right? I was a, like I said, a small shy kid in a town of 300 people with no internet, no TV. My dad used to hunt to put food on the table. And uh, then I got released into what I call the wild, you know, regular society. (laughs) And, you know, through all that, you know, I I became a different person. Um, I, you know, unlocked who I was inside and became a leader in special operations, specifically with the, the 75th Ranger Regiment, you know, and to get there, to get to that place of feeling good about yourself, what it takes is integrity and hard decisions. If you do that every single day, your self image is gonna completely change. And you can also work on some visualization at night, you know, imagine your future self, who you wanna be, but it comes down to the work. You know, our, our destiny is based off of our decisions, right? So we need to start shaping our destiny based off those decisions.
0: Absolutely, and to add to that a little bit, um, you mentioned that people oftentimes don't have a good self image of themselves whenever they're doing things that you know, maybe they're not proud of. And so Tony Robbins says that the greatest need of uh, humankind is to stay in alignment with their values. So mm-hmm. I think that an actionable step for our audience is to define what your values are. What, um, what kind of things do you value in your life and how do, you wanna, how do you want your future to look? And once you kind of can narrow in on that, then everything else off to the side just separates. It becomes a narrow line for you to follow.
1: Yeah, that's you know if you think of your your life is trying you're trying to build a house, and the foundation of that house is underneath the surface, right? You have these pillars underneath that that put together all the concrete. Well, what you're talking about right now is building that character that that builds up the house, right? You have to in you you need the strong foundation in order to build a strong house. That's a great tool, and then the next layer of that, like the next level up like let's just call this the floorboards of the house, right? Like above the surface is to start thinking about your future self in extreme detail. And I've done this my entire life where I've created different characters and evolutions of myself. I'm currently going through one right now into the entrepreneurship world, right? I became, back when I joined the 75th Ranger Regiment, I wasn't quite ready and confident in myself and who I thought I needed to be to be there. So I created a character and I called him, this will sound cheesy, but it was Jay Warrior. It was this guy that, like, hey, man, this is everything opposite of who I think I am and who I need to become. And so what that does is it gives you an avatar to start working towards. It gives you a target, right? Most people don't have a target in life. They're not they're shooting at an empty whatever, just space. And if you have a target, you know where you're going, you know where you're at, and you know what you need to do to get there. So creating an avatar will help. Giving it a name will help. And then just rehearsing that in your mind's eye over and over and over again will help you become that new person.
0: As strange as it might sound, you're completely right. Like sometimes we have this vision in our head of who we want to be, but we're like, I could never do that. Like I can't become this person or do those things. So it kind of helps if you kind of just create like a name, like you said, like Jay warrior, like you create this other person that you can be in that moment. Like maybe you're afraid to do something, but you know, you need to do it in that moment. You become Jay warrior and you do it as you keep doing that. You'll start to see those two people start to combine. And then all of a sudden, You're Jeremiah, but you're also Jay Warrior.
1: Exactly. And it helps with decision-making too. And I've taught hundreds of people this exercise, but essentially, if you're trying to make a difficult decision and you're not really sure how to choose, put on the Jay Warrior hat. It's easier to make a decision and think through a problem set through somebody else's lens versus your own, right? To get a, a higher reward, a different result. So you can put that hat on and be like, what would this person do? I do this all the time. When uh, I'm making any decision, I have these, what I call uh, my round table. I have a, a visual image of my advisors that sit around this round table. And I lay there at night and I say, if I'm contemplating what to do with the next real estate investment, the next move to make in my business, whatever, I have all these different people that I've plugged in, that I respect, admire, and that are subject matter experts in that field that I ask the question to, and I can hear them give me advice. Right. And then I can make the decision,
0: not based off of what I think I should do, but based off of the expertise of others. Definitely. This has been something practiced by some of the all time greats. Like um, I know in Dale Carnegie's book, um, Dale Carnegie's book, Thinking Grow Rich, he talks about having this board of advisors and honest board of advisors. He's got like Benjamin Franklin, Albert Einstein. He's got all these people that every time he makes a tough decision, he looks inside his head and he imagines, what would these great people do that have come before me? How would they handle a situation? And if you can kind of start to adapt that and step into that, I think you'll see a lot of things change in your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and if you don't have a clear image based off of these uh, you know, exceptional individuals, read books about them as a starting point, but also look at your close circle. So when I was trying to become a ranger, like a, you know, a high performing ranger and a quality ranger, I had this platoon sergeant who was a legend. This guy is, is amazing. And um, he saved an Afghan's life. He has a silver star. We got in some really nasty firefights, and uh, he was at very close proximity to the enemy being shot down at him from a two-story window. Um, This guy, and he pulled the guy out alive. he He was the most impactful person of my career as a ranger. And when I think about professionalism, when I think about violence of action and grit and all these things that I want to incorporate into my life, I think about him. And so I put on that hat. When I need to know, like, hey, how should I be acting in this exact situation? I think of that man, and I think of what he would do so that I can model it.
0: Absolutely. That's so powerful. And before I forget, where can we find you online if anyone wants to reach out and hear more about your story or learn from you? Because I know you've got some great programs going on, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do a lot of my work on Instagram. Um, I'm at Jeremiah Sullivan And the spelling is unique. It's J-E-R-A-M-I-A-H. S O L V E N. And that's where I put a lot of my work. I always respond to my comments. I always respond to my DMS. So that's the first place to start. Um, the next place, I mean, I have a handful of podcasts. You can Google my name on YouTube. There's a couple videos there, but that's really it. If anybody that's listening to this, needs help or anything, uh, to shoot me a DM, I can give you a free copy of my book, the whole man project. Um, or you can get it on Amazon, but I highly recommend it. It's the, I would argue it's the best book on performance. On Amazon right now for under
0: $10. That's awesome. That's so powerful. And I'll make sure and I'll link your stuff at the bottom so everyone can find you. Uh, before we go, I've got one last question. But first, a little bit of background. And so when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference that you made and the impact that you had. So, with that being said, what do you want your impact to have been?
1: Yeah, it's, I think about this in terms of the tombstone um, script, right? Like, I think, what do I want my tombstone to say? And I want my tombstone to say, here lies a man who gave it his all and gave his best. Made a difference in the world and made an impact on others. And really, that's that's what I'd like to summarize my life as. But every single day, I try to just help one person, man. It doesn't matter. Like, people have these big ambitions of helping the world, changing the world. Like, if you want to win the world, you better win in your community first. And so I think that's, that's a big part of this. And how, how I want to be remembered as I die is a guy that – did the small stuff. Like he was the small, put the shopping cart away, shook the guy's hand, look him in the eyes, gave him a compliment, apologized, right. Did all these things. And when I get to the pearly gates, when I get there, I ask myself, like, how do I want to remember death? And I'd like to remember myself if I can see myself doing this right as crawling on my hands and knees, completely exhausted, completely defeated and just drained from giving life my all. And when I get to those pearly gates, I look up and there's God and he reaches his hand down and he says, good job. And he picks me up and he says, good work. And then I go inside man. Um, that's how I want to live life. That's how I want to be remembered, but it's by doing the small things every day. So listeners out there, man, put in the work, think big, dream big. But don't forget your 50 meter target. Don't forget what's right in front of you and the impact that you can make today around the people right in front of you.